0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. All right, guys, what I want you to do is I want you to turn in your Bibles to... Colossians
1: chapter 3. We're getting to the midway point of, through this book, but there's still a lot of material. We're only going to look at four verses today. And I have been really amazed as I've been going through this letter at how much this letter is helping me, and I'm hoping it's helping you, to, to understand the relationship that we have with Jesus to understand the blessing of it. What do you mean, George? Well, think about what we've talked about so far. So last week, especially the last few weeks, he's been warning us not to get trapped by others who who want you to do stuff for acceptance with God. He wants you to understand you are accepted with God. When you got saved... The moment the Holy Spirit entered into your life, you became his child. And that wasn't conditional. That wasn't conditional at all. It was, it was based on him. And he loves you and accepts you. And he doesn't want you to be trapped in needless religious exercise trying to gain his favor. It's already there. In fact, what he wants you to understand is that he gave you a new life. And so today, especially as we look at these four verses, you know, I've read these verses many times through the years. I've even taught on these verses in Sunday school, but it really opened my mind this week to exactly what he was talking about here. He wants you to understand who you are. And the new reality of who you are and he wants you to live out of that. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? For, for most of us, when you talk about who are you, you're going to say, oh, I'm saved. But what does that mean? I'm saved. Well, I'm forgiven. Okay, what does that mean? And, and that's really the end of the discussion for a lot of people. They don't truly understand that there's something so much more going on here. And with that is a new life. Our life with Jesus. And that's what we've entitled this series is Our Life with Christ. And so today we're going to talk about, really from chapter 3 on, he's going to talk about you living the new life. And let me just go ahead and tell you, living the new life isn't doing a bunch of religious exercises. But you got to have a, a starting point. A starting point. And that's what we're going to look at here. So what I want you to do is I want you to look with me at We're going to focus on verses 1 to 4. And then we're going to talk about living the new reality. Here's what he says. He starts off with a question. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, Set your mind on the things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now again, these are four verses... Typically, if we read them, we kind of pass over them. We're like, yeah, what's he talking about there? Yeah, I'll just go on. I'm not getting anything for me today. Well, actually, there's quite a bit here. And So what we're going to do is we're going to break this down into two sections. We're going to talk about verse 1. Just the question is kind of addressing the new reality. So we're going to remind ourselves about the new reality, about who you are. And then verse 1 through 4 is then part of that second half of 1 through the rest of 4 is going to talk about the new life you living the new life so let's take a look at it so let's start with that first question he says this if then you were raised with christ that's the truth you were raised with christ how's that happen well two things first of all number one the old you died with jesus christ the old you died with Jesus Christ. I know it's a popular thing right now in Christian culture to say that you still have the old nature and you got to fight the old nature and the old nature dominates you and, and some people just give up because it seems like the old nature is that. I'm going to tell you, the scripture makes it very clear, your old nature died. Well, why do I still sin, George? Why do I still have these desires? Well, you inhabit a body of flesh that you've trained or has been trained by our culture, our world, your family, in sin. That's why when we say to someone, you know, I often say to somebody, D- don't go there because if you do that, you open yourself to a new reality. Meaning, like, don't go there with a drug, because when you take that drug, you open yourself to a new reality. Don't go there with pornography, because if you do, you open yourself to a new reality, and you can't go back. You've now created, you've opened up a level of a monster within you and the desires of your flesh. That's why one of the wonderful things about going to be with Jesus later on is you get a new what? Body, right? Because the old one disappears. Do you understand? You'll be perfected later on. So he wants you to understand the old you died. So with that comes the reality of what the question is saying. Look with me. Here it is. First of all, let's look at Romans chapter 6, 3 and 7 to understand this point. Here's what he says. Or do you not know that as many of us as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should walk in newness of life, for we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. This is the reality. The old you, you've been freed from the power of sin. So here's the, here's the point. Here's the second thing. Through salvation, you've been raised up to a new life. Through salvation, you've been raised up to a new life. Now, here's the reality. Here's the spiritual reality. If you want to write this down. As a believer, nothing has a hold on you. Well, wait a minute, George. You don't know the addiction I'm struggling with. You don't know the battle that I've been having for years in this one area and it seems like it's got a hold on me. I'm telling you, listen to me, as a believer in Jesus Christ, nothing has a hold of you. Do you understand? You have been set free. Now, does that mean you stumble and go back to the old habits? Yes. Yeah, that happens, doesn't it? Take an alcoholic who's dry for a long time and then something happens and they, what, fall back into it. Those things happen, right? But the reality is ultimately with a believer, you've been set free from that. The power of sin has been broken in your life. The old you has died. That's the reality that he wants you to understand. Now let's go back to what he said last week. Remember what he said? When he talked about don't rule your life by religious exercises and a whole bunch of man-made rules. He was trying to get you to understand that those very same rules, while they have the appearance of spirituality, do nothing to deal with the desires of your flesh. Because you can have your act all in control, but you still got the same desires to do the wrong thing within you. And you look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're a mess. He's trying to get us to understand it's not outward actions that change you. It's Jesus who changes you from the inside out. And the reality for that to take place, the old you had to die. So therefore, you've been raised up with Jesus to live a new life. Why do you think he gave you the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives within you not just to convict you of sin. But that's the reason why he convicts you of sin. Is to what? Get you to get away from that. Not just so as some people would say to have an experience. That's really a selfish motivation to have the Spirit of God within you, right? So did you can have an experience. No. It's so that the Spirit of God changes you and prepares you for what's coming later on. And we're going to talk about that later. A lot of us have no clue as to what's coming later on and why we should be living the way we should be living now. And he's going to bring that out for us in the rest of this passage. So this is the new reality. The new reality is you're a new person. Well, I still look the same in the mirror. Yes. But the essence of who you are is different. You're a new you. This is the reality that he's trying to express to you. And because of the new you, he wants you to live a new life. So that's what we're going to focus the rest of our time on. So let's take a look. Here's what he says. Look at verse 1. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God now our English translation doesn't bring it out very well but that whole aspect of seeking is the whole aspect of you moving your entire being your mindset to achieve a desire I think we understand that right you ever wanted something so bad that you would do whatever it took to get it you ever been there I mean, you planned your day or you planned your week or you planned whatever for years trying to achieve that one thing, right? You were seeking after it, right? You had a mindset to seek after it. So here's what he's saying. You need to develop a new mindset, Christians, we need to develop a new mindset. Most of us, we think, okay, I'm saved, I can do whatever. And we still have the old mindset from the old us who died. But he's saying, you need to develop a new mindset. You need to develop a new way of looking at things. It's going to require you changing your mind. Now, how do we do that? Well, Scripture tells us. Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? You renew your mind, in other words, in another epistle he tells us, through God's word, through the relationship. He changes your mind. Once you change your mind, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, then you'll be able to prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. How many of you want to know what God's will is? Don't we all? How do we do that? Renew our minds to understand how God thinks. So we got to change. We've got to have a different mindset. Which brings us to the second point here. You need to pursue the things God wants for you. That's what he's talking about here in verse 1. He says... Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Now, I think it's interesting that he would note that. Why? Because in in 1 John chapter 2, it says, My little children, I tell you not to sin, but if you sin, you have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous, our our propitiation for our sins. He's, He's interceding for us. Where? At the right hand of the Father. So guess what? You're to seek the things that God wants for you. Now let me just stop for a moment. We, because of our church culture, automatically think that what God wants for us is for us to do these religious exercises. Why would he tell you to seek the things he just told you not to do? There's actually something so much more to the Christian life than all of that other stuff look listen David Psalm 37 the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in them God has something for you and he's taking delight in your life so the reality is is that I need to develop a new mindset which means I need to pursue the things God wants for you for me did you understand what I'm saying? Now, let me, would everybody agree that we kind of have an idea that God, whatever he wants for us is probably for our best, right? That's actually the struggle we have sometimes, isn't it? Because we sometimes develop the mindset that what we think is actually better than what God wants for us, right? Been there? Been there, done that. Didn't go well. But you and I need to develop a mindset where we seek and pursue the things God wants for us. Here's the, here's the third thing. We, we find it now in, in verse 2. Look with me at verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Here he's talking about perspective. Now this one may actually open open something for you as we talk about it. here it is you need to see things from an eternal perspective can i tell you what is typically happens with george especially when stuff goes wrong besides me panicking here's what i do i just start thinking doom oh doom everything's going to be terrible why would you let this happen to me god i do that why are you doing this to me lord Why? Because I'm viewing everything from the perspective of who? George. But look, he just told us to develop a new mindset where we seek what God wants for us. So therefore, I need to start having a perspective that sees things from the eternal. That sees things from the perspective of God. Now, when I seek that, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to answer it because sometimes very terrible things happen. And there's no way to understand. So, for instance, I mean, a lot of you know that when I was a 20-year-old, 1986, my dad was murdered. Now, I have wrestled with God for a long time in my early years about that. And there is no conclusion that God says, well, this is why. But the eternal perspective says, but in spite of that, Lord, I have you. From the earthly perspective, the world's ending. So you need to see things from an internal perspective, which means if I'm going to do that, here's the second point, you have to stop seeing things from an earthly perspective. You have to stop. That is a choice on your part. That's what he means there in verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. But let's be honest, that's where most of us are at, isn't it? That's how we operate. We operate with with our short-term goals. This is what we want to accomplish. This is what we want to achieve. These are our ambitions. This is what we want to give to our families. This is what, I mean, I'm there. I've done that. I've been there. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I was pursuing things that really were destroying me rather than helping me. Why? Because I was pursuing the things of this earth. This, this is the reality. You have to stop seeing things from an earthly perspective. You are a new person. And you understand now that there is a different dimension to things. Doesn't everybody understand that now? It's a dimension we can't see or, or feel. But it's a spiritual dimension. God has something for you. And, and that's the reality. You have to stop seeing from the earthly perspective so then he brings up then he brings up verse three the key thing to you and I understanding the new life look with me at what he says verse three for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God now it's interesting this concept here you died and your life is hidden that, my friends, is actually conveying a truth that I really can't resonate with because I'm not a gardener. How many of you like to garden? You love your gardens, right? Getting ready for your gardens, all right? Planting your seeds right now, getting ready to do to, to whatever in your house to get them ready for putting in the garden when it gets warmer. Okay, when you plant your seeds, what are you doing? You're burying that seed, right? The scripture calls it that you bury it and it dies, and right now it is hidden because one day it will come forth. Right? This is the truth that's being communicated here. This is the truth he wants you to understand for your life as a believer. This is what blew my mind this week. Here it is. The reality of who you are is hidden in Christ. That's what he's saying here. What? what are you talking about George let me help you to understand okay so if I ask you the question who are you for some of you that would be a quick answer for some of you it might be a whole day long conversation and and the reason why is because when you get up in the morning and you don't like to see what's in the mirror you're like oh there you are we see ourselves based upon who we are right now is that not true and, and, and what we see is, for some of us, we're, we're haunted by it. We are haunted by our, our failures, the sins that we've committed, the dreams that never materialized. We're haunted by that. Now, what he's trying to get you to understand is, is he wants you to develop a new mindset. A new mindset that looks to the eternal not the earthly why because here's the truth that he's wanting you to see the reality of who you are who you really are is hidden in jesus what you and i don't understand is and what he's trying to convey to you is is that who you are right now in this physical world isn't who you really are it's just waiting to burst forth Those zucchini seeds, those tomato seeds, those cucumber seeds that you planted, that's not who it is, right? You're waiting for it to burst forth, be planted, wait for a season, and then enjoy your cucumber salad. Or waiting to can those tomatoes. It's not the seed you're going to can, it's what came from the seed. This is the reality of who you and I are. You're somebody more than you realize, so start acting like it. That's what he's getting to here. This isn't an issue of, let's do all the right stuff and dress the right way and, and, and avoid this. Well, listen, all that stuff he's already told you doesn't change who you are. It doesn't deal with your desires. But if you begin to see things as who you are and you allow God to transform you, that all changes. Because the reality of who you are has yet to be revealed. It's hidden in Christ. That's what it means to be hidden in Christ. You and I, who are believers, are hidden in Christ. The reality of who we truly are is hidden in Christ. And one day, folks, well, let me just read you what it says here. Look with me at verse 4. Now that you understand what it means to be hidden in Christ, look at what it says in verse 4. He says this. When Christ... Who is our life? All right, let's stop. Isn't that true? Your life is Jesus, right? That's who gave you life. Everybody agree with that? You better. When Christ, who is our life, appears, when will he appear? Sometime in the future. When Christ, who is our life, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's when the real you shows up. Isn't that awesome? That's when the real you shows up. Can can I be honest with you? We're just dressing up dead bodies here right now. That's really what it is. You're just, just dressing it up. It's like putting lipstick on a pig, right? Are you calling me a pig, George? No, I'm not calling you a pig. But that's about what it's like. That's think about the religious stuff we do. It's not really benefiting anybody. It makes us look good and spiritual. No, but you understand who the real spiritual you is. It's hidden right now, ready to be revealed. So start thinking from an eternal perspective. That's what he's talking about here. Man, I wish I knew this years ago. Do you, do you understand? Man, I wish somebody had told me what the new life was. But I'm thankful that he showed it to us now. You say, okay, George, what do we do with this? Well, let me, again, make sure you got that last reality. Your true reality will finally be exposed when Jesus returns. That's the final thing I want you to see there. Your true reality... Will finally be exposed when Jesus returns. Why do you think we should be anticipating his return? It's because we finally experience what true freedom is freedom from everything. So here's my point I want you to close with. All right? Get back to what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. Okay? here it is because as we go along this final point becomes begins to materialize more and more in our thinking we begin to understand it more and more so even after today as you understand what he's talking about today this final point is actually going to make more sense here it is you have to decide to get serious about your relationship with Jesus you have to decide And today, after what we've learned today, it's, it's when getting serious about Jesus is changing the way we see things. And pursuing things, pursuing what he wants because ultimately the reality is I'm somebody in Jesus and who I really am is going to be exposed one day. Isn't that awesome? I am not defined, listen to me, you are not defined by your failures with Jesus. You need to write that one down. You are not defined by your failures with Jesus. He doesn't define you by that. When you go with to be with him and you're in the new Jerusalem he's not going to be walking by in the street hey, saying oh isn't that that guy who did that or isn't that that gal who did that. No he's not. Even, that's never even going to enter into. That's not even going to be uttered. What he will say isn't that that one I died for? Don't they look good? Isn't that awesome? But what it means is we've got to start getting serious and holding on to the things of this world, what? Loosely. Now, I know that's difficult. As soon as I say that, my, I'm, my mind is thinking about the things that I'm holding on with this hand behind my back that's human. But God's gracious with us. Aren't we glad for that? Because we're not perfect yet. But that's coming.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. this coming week.